Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is this a script? This is a script. So who's the coach? She was a Broadway actress who is now a coach. Very cool. Yeah. And so you're filming in Oklahoma. Yes. And there is another role available. You told me that. That's very nice of you. <laughs> you should come. It will be fun. We have a scene together. Oh, my gosh. You're so cute. <laughs> Taylor mentioned to me on the boat, oh, I think there's a part for you, too. And I said, great, I'm in. These are like drunk plans. We had an actress pull out at the last minute, and I thought, Heather would be perfect. And she said, I'm in. And then the next day, Taylor texted me photos, and I wrote back, question mark? I'm like, this is the movie set. This is your office. And I said, OMG, were you serious? I am obsessed with this storyline. I need the entire feature film. I need it to be nominated for Academy Awards. I need it to be streaming on every streaming service. I love it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was, of course, a clip from this week's Real Houses of Orange County, and this week's episode really tickled me. More than ever, I feel like we are back in the Real Houses of Orange County. Now, I know that's been something that's been said. Andy's been saying the season's a return to form, and I finally, truly, madly, deeply believe it with this storyline with the two Orange County actresses who are filming a movie and just giving out parts left and right and center— I mean, Taylor Armstrong was just giving out parts of this movie, and Heather uh, Kent Tabro was like, how the fuck am I in this movie? She didn't understand it, and she didn't know how she was cast. She's like, you gotta reach out to my agents, my reps. And Taylor's like, no, we got the whole set ready for you, you're in. It was like, well, who's casting this? I love I love everything about it. It's giving Malibu Country, if you remember that storyline from a few seasons ago, where they were all inexplicably cast in a Reba McIntyre show, just given roles. It was like, Gretchen, want to be in this? Alexis, Jesus Jugs Bellino, you want to be in this TV show on the network TV? Come on board. And that's what's going on here. Except it's a, a thing, I believe, an independent movie. I think they give us an example of what it is. I think Taylor Armstrong had said it's something about... I know, we'll get to it. I mean, there's so much to get to. I just love this episode. I love this episode. Now, before we even get into the episode, one of the things that I have to talk about is this Titanic thing. Now, look, the truth of the matter is, I haven't looked into this. So apparently there's a submarine that some very rich people had gone underwater to explore the Titanic or something. I've only really seen headlines, so I can't even give you too many details. I just know it's like rich people are lost at sea in a submarine. Now, I do believe that maybe we shouldn't be exploring a Titanic just for fun. I understand people, historians want to go down there and stuff like that, but I Otherwise, I just think we've seen enough, but that's not the point of this. The point is that I've been seeing all these headlines over the last few days because it's been missing, and I don't even know where it stands at the moment. But the point is, it's been bringing Titanic back into my subconscious. And I hate when people talk about their dreams. I hate it. I am going to do it right now, but I hate it. And so I understand if you want to fast forward this. But I did have a dream last night, and it's like haunting me ever since. Now, Titanic is on the brain. Obviously, I've been uh, watching The Real Housewives of Orange County. That's also in my brain. And so I had this dream 
where Leonardo DiCaprio from Titanic started dating, started dating Gina from the Real Houses of Orange County. That's right. In my dream, the two of them were together. And here's the most fucked up part of the whole thing is that in my dream, they were a good match. They were a really good match for each other. And I know a lot is said about Leonardo DiCaprio dating these young gals. And Gina is older than the kind of gal that he normally dates. However, in my dream, these two were like the perfect match. And so even when I came to and I started recognizing the dream once I woke up and I was thinking about it, because sometimes you don't remember the dream. But today I was like thinking, I was like, wait a minute. I think I remember Casita dating Leo in my dream. And they were had like a love affair. And I don't even know. I don't remember the specifics of the dream. I just remember the feeling of like they were together and it worked. So I'm remembering this dream today. And it still makes sense to me. Is that the craziest part of the whole thing? It's like, they still seem like a good couple to me. And I know some of you are probably turning off this podcast. You're like, Danny has officially lost it. But I actually don't think I have lost it. I think I'm right on schedule because there's something about that pairing that works for me in my head. And I, I don't know. I don't know. But it happened in my subconscious. And now all I can think about is how I want Casita to be Dayton Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't they seem like they'd be a good I don't even know what it is. They seem like a good match. It's my subconscious is thinks it's a good match. And I'm out loud and proud about it here on the microphone today because I keep thinking back and I keep picturing the two of them together in my head. And for some strange reason, it works. It works. And look, I'm not smart enough to understand exactly what's going on with the submarine and why they can't find it or how they can't find it. You know, th- that's not where my skill set lies. My skill set lies in talking about the Real Housewives and Vanderpump Rules people. I'm not... I'm not great with like solving problems or math or anything like that, but I can recap the housewives. That's one thing I am good, good and skilled for. And when it comes to a mental test, I think I'm better suited for anything in the housewives universe. You know, I'm not a crossword puzzle guy or a Sudoku person, but I do follow Brandy Glanville on Twitter and deciphering that feed sometimes can be a real mental test. So that's where my skill set is. And it's not in finding these submarines, but I hope they figure it out. I guess. I don't know. I hope it's something. I don't know, maybe by the time this episode airs, this podcast, everyone will be found. And that's the hope, is that they all find them and bring them to shore or something. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever is going on. Anyway, uh, let's talk about this week's episode. Episode three, again, Giving Malibu Country. And uh, I don't think we've talked about Emily Hip Simpson's tagline yet. So maybe we should dive into that now. Pull over if you're driving. Her tagline is... If you want to waste my time, at least hand me a taco. Now, I bring this up because we're on episode three, and I still don't know what the fuck that means. I still don't understand what the fuck she's talking about a taco in her tagline for. Now, it doesn't make any sense. I haven't seen her eat a taco. Last week on the show, we knew the new gal, Jen, was having a taco night, so we know we talked about that, so it wouldn't... It conceivably makes sense for Jen to have a tagline about a taco. But here is Emily Hip Simpson, her tagline, if you want to waste my time, at least hand me a taco. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Now, it would make sense if she said something about a sandwich. Because remember last season on the show, she had the sandwich in the sauna. She was just eating that sandwich. She was just raw dogging that sandwich in the sauna with Heather Dubrow. And so it would make sense to me if she was like, yeah, if you want to waste my time, I'm at least going to be raw dogging a sandwich while you do it. Like that tagline would make sense to me. But what's this whole business about a taco? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. And hopefully by episode eight, nine, 10, we're going to get some answers because that's the thing 
I'm most curious about. And last week on Everything Iconic, I said it seems like they're positioning Hip with some sort of shaggy dog-like storyline for the season where there's some dog stuff because she was eating from the dog bowl. And now this week again, you guys, I think I'm spot on with my assessment. I know you all think I'm crazy sometimes, but I think my assessment was spot on because this week it opened with Hip's dog fucking a pillow. And so they're just doing a lot of dog stuff. And by the way, must I remind you that in the Shaggy Dog, I believe that the man who turned into the dog, I think he was also a lawyer. Wasn't he a lawyer? Some sort of legal field. I got to remember the specifics because I actually never saw that film. However, I do believe there was some sort of legal element. And Emily has some sort of legal element. Of course, she's with Shane, who finally passed the bar after upwards of 100 times taking the test. And so there is a legal element. So I still think that storyline's happening, but apparently some sort of taco might come into play. And I don't know how or where or when, but if it doesn't come into play by the end of the season, then I'm going to have even more questions. And I don't mind when the Bravo people give us something out of left field because I, I want to be, I want to be caught unexpected. And so I don't mind that they're doing something like that. By the way, speaking of unexpected, I did get a chance. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this yet. I did get a chance to see the new Luann and Sonia crappy lake show. They sent, I got like the first three episodes or something. And you guys, I had high expectations because I had heard anecdotally from people behind the scenes that it was really good. And then truly, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was so enjoyable to see the two of them. It's kind of got that simple light vibe and I won't do any spoilers, but it's just so fun and light and I really had the biggest grin on my face the whole time watched their half hour, half hour episodes and the biggest grin on my face. And I think sometimes those shows are hard to do because look, I'm from small town Ohio and I don't want these shows like making fun of those small towns all the time, you know? And I think it's a tough balance, a tough line to balance yourself on. Is that a saying? You know what I'm trying to say? It's a tough line to balance yourself on. And so I thought they did it beautifully though. It wasn't, didn't feel like they were making fun of this place. It's like poking fun, maybe, but it didn't feel like as someone from a small town, it didn't feel in the Midwest, which is where they go, I think, in in Benton, Illinois, or is that where it's called? They're in Illinois, I believe, which I ride hard for the Midwest. So anyway, I didn't feel like they were doing that. I just had the greatest time ever. Uh, So I just, I can't wait for everyone to see it. And I can't wait for the rest of the episodes because it might be my new favorite show. Loved it. Loved it. Had the best time. Uh, okay, so then we talked about Emily's dog fucking the pillow. Okay. Then we see, so the opening of this episode of Orange County, we just see everyone doing their things. We see Gina at home, Casita. She's not at home. She's playing soccer with the daughter. Like, You're going to kick it with your foot. And she's, <laughs> she's like sort of teaching soccer, sort of coaching the daughter in soccer and giving us that accent. And it reminds me, I think I might have told this story on the show or it's, it's in my book, but I had uh, been coached by my dad at soccer when I was a young kid, and my dad tried to do the flying V on soccer, you know, from the Mighty Ducks, and it did not work for our team because turns out in soccer, you can't do a play that was designed for a Disney hockey movie. And so we learned the hard way. My dad, Carrie Pellegrino, <laughs> my dad had had to learn the hard way, but he did try to corral a bunch of young people who were playing soccer into doing some sort of flying V on the soccer field. Now, keep in mind, my dad has never played soccer in his life. He did sign up to coach that year, though. And uh, he tried his best, and so we'll give him that. Just had his Marlboro Light in his mouth, a beer in his hand, and just coaching young uh, people to do a flying V, just because we saw it in the Mighty Ducks. Anyway, 
that's, uh, yeah, Gina is teaching. And then we see Shannon with the dog, Archie. She's telling the daughter she needs to study for the ACT. The daughter, I keep wanting to say daughter, daughter. I miss Jersey a little bit. I do. I do. Uh, but she's teaching the daughter how to study for their, or that she needs to study for the ACTs again. Do kids still take the ACTs? I didn't think they did. I thought they got rid of all those stupid tests. Anyway, what do I know? Anyway, the daughter, she wants to go abroad to Paris. And I was thrilled about that because we know from watching the Hills, those of us who grew up in that Hills era, we know that Elsie didn't go to Paris. And she regretted her whole life, or at least I did watching it, because I did not want her to stay with that demon Jason. And instead, she stayed with the demon Jason, did not go to Paris. And we all know how that ended up. So I was happy for Shannon's daughter to head on over to Paris. Like, fuck school at this moment in time. You need to take that gap year, go to Paris, because you'll regret it. You'll always be known as the girl who didn't go to Paris. And so anyway, I was happy about that. Then we see Heather, who's at home with the chef. She's at home with the chef. And this was a tough scene to watch, just because I was very jealous. Now I was watching it, and she had the chef just fixing them this whole meal. And we've seen it a couple weeks now on the show. Last week on the show, we saw that big-ass garage where she just has... Uh, brand new calculators strewn together throughout this garage-like area and a bunch of other supplies for the kids to go to school. And now we're seeing more with the at-home chef who's just making, I think it was like ribs and all sorts of good stuff. And I was just really jealous watching. I was like, these people have just way too much money. They have way too much money. And honestly, they need to be stopped because it hurts watching it. Now, the kids are uh, getting me back onto Heather and Terry's side when they called the two of them old, and they keep doing this old stuff. And again, I do not have children, but as soon as I do and they become old enough and they start calling me old, I mean, that's when we're going to kick them out of the house because I do not like that. You know how I feel? I feel that way about birthdays. Don't ever give me an over-the-grave or over-the-hill type card for the birthday. Not interested. And if the kids start calling me old and making jokes around the dinner table, I'm going to say, you know what? You get the fuck out. How about you get the fuck out? Because we're not playing these games. And so I'm not interested in them just talking about how old I am. And not only that, the kids are also talking about how when they go away to college— the kid says, oh, I'm, if you get a hotel bill on the credit card, it's because of the dorm water pressure. I'm going to go sleep and have a little staycation in a hotel. Like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck? You know what I have to say about that? Electric chair. You just do not do that. I mean, come on. What are they taking the credit cards willy-nilly and go to the hotel because of the water pressure? When I was in college, my freshman year at Ohio University, guess what? The water pressure was just a little dribble. I mean, it was like it was sprinkling outside. Like that's, I mean, I spent freshman year at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and I once gave myself a horse bath in something called the burrito buggy, which was a buggy that literally served burritos all hours of the night. And I once had to wash myself there, wash my hoo-ha there, had to get my Rita Moreno cleaned. And you had to do what you had to do back there. And now these kids are just taking them credit cards and just racking up bills because they got the bad water pressure. You don't even know what bad water pressure is, young children. You need to learn. Anyway, Heather says uh, she needs to be in L.A. now. She wants to have a presence back in L.A. She wants to step into her old career. And every time they talk about Heather's old career, they got to show the headshot from Jenny. 
the pilot that she did or the show that she did. And they also showed a headshot from a CBS pilot, which we didn't get much info on. And I wish they would have maybe found some other things, but we did get a Jenny headshot and a CBS pilot headshot. And look, I'm all for Heather getting back into acting and figuring that whole thing out. I don't think she actually needs to be in LA now, especially everything's like self-tape now. And there's just no reason. I think that was a, a, I actually have this theory that they're trying to formulate a plan to get on the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, but I don't think Bravo's going to do it. And so I think they were like, well, we're getting a place in LA. And they were hoping that Bravo would be like, okay, come join Beverly Hills. But Heather just fits better. I don't think she would fit on Beverly Hills Housewives. I think she fits on Orange County, so we need to keep her there. Do you get what I mean? And so I'm happy for her to just be an Orange County actress. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut her dreams short. I certainly want her to succeed. I just think that she needs to stay in Orange County. Uh, okay, then they cut to Cut Fitness. Jen arrives, and her and Tamara are eulogizing the treadmills. I mean, they are just really sad about these treadmills. Jen was actually taking the news pretty hard, especially for someone who we've just met and just belonged to this gym. I mean, she's acting like there's no other treadmills in town. And she's like, cut closing is super sentimental. And I know she met the guy she's with now when she was cheating on the husband at Cut Fitness. However, I still think she was just a little too dramatic about the closing of these treadmills. And I told you last week, I felt like something's afoot with Jen. And I'm realizing even more this week, I think I was on to something because something's afoot with that woman. And I don't trust it. And I'm, we'll see if I trust her at the end of the season. But as of right now, I do not trust that woman, especially seeing all them tears about the treadmills closing. And then come to find out later, she's posting up on uh, TikTok about her yoga studio. And it's like, when you look at her reaction to cut fitness closing through the lens of her also owning her own yoga studio, so it's essentially a competitor, it doesn't even make any sense that she's just crying there over the cut fitness closing. I'm sorry, I just thought it was too much. But they are banging into the wall, or they're, I mean, what, they got the hammers into the wall, they're uh, on screen, just tearing this place down. Tamara says she wants to apologize to Shannon for telling her to fuck a duck. And uh, then what else do we find out? Oh, this whole affair thing, though, it's not adding up. So Ryan told Tamara he was having an affair with Jen, and Tamara was pissed at Jen because Tamara didn't find out from Jen. So she thought Jen and her were friends. And then she actually ends up finding out about the affair from the guy. And so she don't trust Jen. And I understand that. And I don't trust her either, quite frankly. And I don't know if that's why or what's why. But anyway, Cut Fitness is clothing, closing. And it makes me sad. I, f- I feel like we've only been with Cut Fitness for a little while. And now it's closing. It's making me actually getting a little sentimental about the passage of time. And I'm feeling, I don't know, much like Heather's kids call her old. I'm feeling old and I don't want to get old. I don't want to get old. I don't want to get old. And here we go. Cut Fitness is closing. What else is happening? Time is moving too fast. It's moving too fast. Anyway, then we cut to Gina uh and Travis, Casita and Travis, they're doing tests to become real estate agents. Now, this is something I'm not at all interested in because real estate to me is boring unless you're going to be on Selling Sunset and showing me these gorgeous ass houses. Then I just don't really care about real estate. There's so many real estate shows and I think I got over overly exa- well, it was too much it was like too many real estate shows were coming after at me at one time with the million dollar listings and all that and so i decided to put all my eggs in the selling sunset basket and so now when some of these other ones or mauricio had that one on netflix it's like it's too much for me i can only see so many houses being built or sold and so now when gina and travis they're taking the tests i'm like i don't really care about this at all 
and they were doing some sort of fun who wants to be a millionaire bit. And that show, the hold that show had, do you remember back in the day when Regis hosted that show? May he rest in peace. And that uh, who wants to be a millionaire era when they were showing that show during the day in prime time, they did a Meredith Vieira version. Those of you in 1999, remember going to the study hall and you would log on to the computer in study hall back in uh, middle school or high school. And you would play the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game on the internet in the early days of the net. You would go on there. And I remember it was one of the few websites that was not blocked in our school. So this was early days of the net. I guess probably 2001 or some 2002. I don't remember what year it was. But I remember they didn't quite have all the 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 way that they are able to block these websites that they do now. And so I remember it was like some of the websites would be blocked, like the porno ones were blocked in school, but then you could access the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire one. And so you would just find access to a computer and you just go hog ass wild on the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game for the desktop computer. It was the best. But that whole Who Wants to Be a Millionaire era was like incredible TV. Everybody was watching it. Everybody was talking about it. It was like fucking 40 million viewers a night, people watching Regis Philbin, ask people questions. Remember that one guy who won a million dollars? He was phoning his phone to his dad or something. And he's like, dad, I just want to let you know I'm phoning you because I just won a million dollars. And then he gave Regis the right answer. Ah, you guys, I got chills. I got chills. I mean, that was the best. And so they did a little play on who wants to be a millionaire in this Gina and Travis scene. It just wasn't as thrilling because it was Gina and Travis instead of Regis Philbin. And uh, so there was no million dollars to be seen anywhere on screen because, again, we were at Casita's house. And God bless, beautiful, gorgeous little house, but it's certainly not a big-ass million dollar who wants to be a million dollar house. So Gina, uh, she does say, though, in this scene that she's mad at Jen because Matt had an affair her ex, and now she sees Jen bragging about the fair or talking about the fair or not having remorse about the fair. And so Casita's pissed. She's pissed. And so that's going to come to play later in the episode and I believe later in the season. So then we have this scene with Shannon and the boyfriend, who I also do not care for. They're getting crystals and I want to talk about the scene, but we do need to take a break here and I want to thank ACAST and then we're going to get into this whole earth store place that Shannon and that other man are at. And Eliza, Elisa, is that her name? She's the Earth Store owner. We're going to talk about that. Let's take a break. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Live show tickets available for October at everythingiconic.com. Some of the dates are sold out, but there are still tickets available for Cleveland, Nashville, and San Francisco. So get them soon. Uh, And we'll be right back. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. I don't want to get old. By the way, and just like that, season two is starting this week, and we're going to be covering it here on Everything Iconic. And I haven't quite landed on the schedule of when those recaps will be, but the new episode of And Just Like That, season two, episode one, and I believe episode two, are going to be out on HBO Max, or whatever the fuck they call that app now. 
They're going to be on there this week, so watch it. And then come to the Everything Iconic podcast next week. At some point next week, there will be some recapping of that show. And I'm so excited to dive in. Even if you hate it, if you love it, it's a wild time. And it's so fun to talk about that show. So I'm super excited about that. So, And just like that, season two, watch it so we could talk about it here on Everything Iconic. And uh, let's get back into the Real Housewives of Orange County. So Shannon's at this crystal store. Now, Shannon, as she arrives at this crystal store, she can't get out of the car, so she does pratfalls. She's doing more pratfalls than Chevy Chase in the 70s because every single time I'm looking at Shannon Bedore, she's just doing some sort of like throwing herself over a, a car, or can't falling down in yoga. She can't hold herself upright. I mean, it's amazing that she's been able to get through her life this far because it's incredible how many times she's fallen and yelling ack at the screen because it's enough, enough. And by the way, I was just reading this book about the comedy stars of like the 70s and 80s, like Chevy Chase and Steve Martin and Bill Murray. And I just mentioned Chevy Chase, but it's wild to me, this book. It's called Wild and Crazy Guys. And I loved this book. It came out a couple years ago, but I just read it. But it's wild to me, all the cocaine that they did back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, when they filmed the movie Blues Brothers, there was literally, according to this book, cocaine built into the budget, money built into the budget so that they could have uh, cocaine at night which is crazy to me. It's wild. The 80s were a wild time. I mean, it was in the budget. Cocaine, so that Belushi and Aykroyd could get high uh, during the night filming. I mean, come on. Anyway, Shannon is much stronger than those men because she's doing all her pratfalls uh, sans cocaine, apparently. I mean, uh, allegedly, we don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming she's not doing cocaine in the middle of the day as she goes to the earth shop uh, to meet Elisa, who is giving her some... Uh, crystals, because Shannon says, I've been working with an energy healer who, I just said that like Whitney Wild Rose from the Real House of Salt Lake City. I said healer instead of healer. <laughs> healer, healer. Anyway, she says her energy healer says she needs protection. And then they show this flashback of Shannon getting the jewels in her teeth, and she's really into feng shui, and she loves the nine lemons in a bowl, and uh, her whole house with David was completely feng shui'd, and the thing about it is, obviously, none of that really worked. Am I right or am I wrong? It seems to me that all that feng shui shit she did, unless like, it must have been really bad if it did work, because it seems like that wasn't maybe the happiest of homes. Obviously, she had left David, had a very contentious divorce, and now her new man, it's revealed, uh, who her new man is a complete flop who doesn't want to spend time with her. He is going boating or something, or she like confronts him about it in this scene. She's like, you're not hanging out with me much or something. He's like, oh, I like my time away. And I'm like, okay, maybe all this feng shui shit ain't working. And so maybe you don't need the crystals. Maybe you just need a, a better moral compass or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it seems like for at least the past decade that we've seen Shannon Bedore uh, storms on television, it seems like all of the methods that she's using aren't working. Now, the alternate theory is that it is working, and her life is just way, way worse when she's not feng shui'd. But it seems like there's always chaos, she's always falling and having trouble uh, with the people in her life. And so maybe, just maybe, uh, it's not working. Or if it is working, again, we need someone to inspect that. I need eyes and ears on on that household because if it is working and this is what we're getting uh, post feng shui and crystals, then something's going on. Something's going on. That that ain't right. Uh, anyway, Tamara FaceTimes Shannon in the middle of the store. 
Shannon's like crying in the middle of the store. Tamara's like, I just want to move forward. I'm sorry. And she's crying on the other end. And imagine you're this woman, Elisa, and you're running an earth shop where you sell crystals. And in comes Shannon, and she fell out of her car to get in the place. So you know that Elisa saw Shannon falling out of the car in the curb. And she's like, who the fuck is that clumsy-ass woman? And then the clumsy-ass woman comes in the store and gets on FaceTime, which is always rude when anybody FaceTimes in your establishment or in front of you. I hate when people take a FaceTime and you're in public. And here she comes stumbling out of the car, FaceTiming in public at a crystal shop, no less, when this energy healer Earth Star store person is just trying to run a peaceful shop that sells crystals and other uh, nonsense. And here comes Shannon just crying on there and talking loudly on FaceTime. I mean, what a wild thing. And it's just acted like it's normal. Like, you know, Elisa was pissed. And if she had any other customers in that store, they were probably pissed too. They had to watch Shannon and Tamara have a phone call over FaceTime. Now, some of us housewife watchers might appreciate that if we were in the store. But for the normal person, I don't know that they'd be happy. They go to a peaceful earth store and they're just looking for some peace and some crystals. And here's Shannon falling out of cars and just be like, ah, you know, just crying on the phone. I don't understand it. Anyway, then we cut to uh, Hip and Shane's mom. Now, the daughter, Hip's daughter, wants an agent. She wants to be a star. And so I think it's going to happen because she seems like a star. She was doing all sorts of stuff in the background of this scene. Like the camera was focused on Hip and the mother-in-law. But then in the background, I was noticing, I mean, that young lady's a star. That young woman might grow up because she was doing perfect comedic timing, like throwing shit at the brother. You know, she hit the brother in the head with a ball and it was like perfectly timed. I mean, you can't do, I mean, speaking of those comedic giants of the 70s and 80s, I mean, that young woman, she is a much bigger star than I'd say is some of those Dan Aykroyd. I mean, what's Dan Aykroyd been in lately? I mean, Hip's daughter is doing way more physical comedy than I've seen from Aykroyd lately. And so I'm just saying, we I know these men from the 70s and 80s are held up as these beacons of comedy, and they're just so well-known, and they're icons and all that kind of stuff. But I'm looking at Hip's daughter in the background of a scene on The Real Houses of Orange County, and I'm saying, uh, put her on SNL, because she's got the real comedic timing. I'd like to see what happens uh, backstage uh, at SNL between her and Bill Murray, instead of having to hear about the time that Chevy Chase and Bill Murray got in a fight backstage a hundred times. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, but it's been written about ad nauseum. And I'm thinking, get Hip's daughter backstage at SNL. Let's see what happens. See what kind of fireworks happen then, because she's a star. She is a star. Anyway, they are, Emily doesn't have a relationship with her actual mother, or not a good one. She's like, I'm going to start texting or something. I know I wasn't paying much attention. Uh, But she does she does need to have a relationship. And I don't know what that's like because my mother calls me on the phone every five fucking seconds. And my dad is actually semi-retired now, so he's calling me more now, two of them together. I'm just getting phone calls every minute. Every minute from Gary and Linda just telling me what they ate. My dad's been making a new smoothie, and he's every, every time I talk to him, he's like, yeah, damn, so I made the smoothie. And he's always acting like everything he puts in the smoothie is so exotic. He just told me the other day, he's like, so then I got these blackberries that are in season. And I don't normally put these blackberries in, Dan, but I put the blackberries in my smoothies. And uh, let me tell you something. It was so delicious. And then my mom's in the background like, Gary, did you tell him about the blackberries in your smoothie? Did you you tell Danster you put some blackberries in the smoothie? And she's like encouraging it. And it's like, okay, 
I don't need to know everything you're putting in a smoothie. It's like, maybe we could just scale back the calls. I mean, I love them, love them to death, but it's, so I don't know what Emily's, uh, I don't know what hip is going through, but uh, I hope that she's able to reconnect with her Ohio, Ohio mother because uh, your Ohio mother should be calling you on the phone every five minutes. Then we cut to Taylor. Uh, Taylor Armstrong. I'm so glad she's here. She got a confessional this week. I was so happy to see that. And now she's going to be filming in Oklahoma. Again, this role was just given to her. It says she knows the director and she's randomly able to cast. So she's also a casting director, apparently, because Taylor Armstrong is just giving out these roles. I wish she'd call me up for a role. And she invites some uh, Broadway gal over to teach her. So this woman comes over and she's going to be the teacher. But Heather's also there to sort of teach. And this, I kind of thought that Taylor should have just used Heather Dubrow to teach her acting exercises. However, I was happy that this woman, was her name Lauren? She's a Broadway actress. I was happy. Uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but Heather uh, actually says she saw her in Pretty Woman, the musical, but that was very clearly a lie. And so Heather should maybe work on her acting skills too, because when Heather, <laughs> when this woman said all the roles that she was in, she was like, yeah, I was in this on Broadway. And Heather's like, hmm, what else were you in? Or like, what have you done? And this woman's like, yeah, I was in this musical and that musical. And I, I closed Pretty Woman, the musical. And Heather's like, oh yeah, I saw you in that. And I was like, oh, I could spot it right away. I Speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio, I was pointing at the screen like that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio where he's pointing at the TV with the beer and cigarette in his hands. That's how I felt when I, that's essentially what I looked like when I was watching The Real House of Orange County because I was like, oh, she's lying. She's lying there. Oh, that's Heather lying. So I was thinking maybe Heather should sign up some more classes with this woman because Heather is supposed to be the actress and I could immediately spot that she was lying. I mean, did anyone else feel that way? I mean, it was so clear cut that Heather was lying. And I was like, we need to get her in a groundlings class or something because she's just not, her skills aren't up to par if I'm watching on the screen and realizing she's lying in real time. Anyway, this woman, uh, she is helping Taylor get ready for this role. Now, this role is a movie. It's a story. According to Taylor, it's a story about a concert pianist who was murdered. That's right. A concert pianist who was murdered. Now, in my head, it's Black Swan, but about pianists. And by pianists, I mean people who play the piano. I don't normally use the word pianist, but... Uh, I do think it's going to be like the movie Black Swan. At least that's how it's playing in my head. Now, will the budget and skill level be up to Black Swan? Probably not. Probably not. But in my head, that's how it's going to play. It's going to be like Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis just run around in Black Swan because that's what it seems like. It's a concert pianist who is murdered. I'm picturing, and it doesn't say dueling pianists. But it just says a story about a concert pianist. So I guess that implies one. But in my head, they're dueling pianists. And one of them murders the other one. Like, that's what the script is in my head. And if that's not what the script is, then maybe we could do that for the sequel. Anyway, apparently there's a female detective named George in this movie. And I don't know, was that... That was surprising to me more than almost anything else. Was that it's a there's a female detective named George. And look, I'm curious like George myself, but I'm more curious about how the screenwriter landed on someone named George. Now, I've certainly heard women be named Georgia or Georgie, but George seemed shocking to me. Did I hear it wrong? Maybe I heard it wrong. Anyway, the Broadway woman teaches all these breathing exercises, and she says, you got to take it from real low. She's like, you got to breathe in from your hoo-ha, your breathe in from your... Rita Moreno. 
That's where you got to take all that energy from. So Taylor Armstrong's like, ah, 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 ah. you know, she's doing, <laughs> she's doing the breathing exercise. I'm not sure why I had to do it for you. But the acting coach tells Taylor, she's like, one of the tricks is that you, uh, if you give good blowjobs, it opens up your throat. So you're like, you're a better actor if you give good blowjobs. And I would like to take this moment on Everything Iconic to explain that I am repped by UTA for theatrical acting, and I must be a great thespian, because according to this woman, if you give good blowjobs, you're, you're a good actor. And so by my math calculations, I uh, should be getting hired for theatricals. So again, reach out to my UTA agents if you've got a role for me, because Danny's ready to get in front of that red light. I've been ready since I was a... A young a young boy. Put me in, coach. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling silly today. Uh, then we get to Cut Fitness, and there's going to be this party. This party, by the way, you guys, I was dying. Because when Shannon arrived later, Shannon arrived after everybody else. But when she arrived, they showed a close-up of the sign. And Shannon and that flat boyfriend that she's got, they were looking at this sign. And the sign said... I would like us to discuss this for at least 72 minutes. The sign said, we cut it close, but with a D in parentheses. Okay, so we... (laughs) I cannot, you guys. We cut it close, D in parentheses. And look, I get what they were going for. But at a certain point, they should have just said, we're closing. That's what the sign should have said. We're closing. And they were doing a lot of stuff with the logo branding on it for a business that's closing. Did anyone else feel that way? Like they had a cake that said cut fitness. They had cut fitness shit everywhere, like balloons. And then they had a a sign. I would imagine, or I know that they would have had to buy that sign custom, right? You can't just go to, I don't know, Michael's or Joanne Fabrics and get a sign that says we cut it close, duh, with D in parentheses and the cut fitness logo on it. So I know that you can't just pick that up at a Joanne Fabrics or a Home Depot, at least the last time I went to a Home Depot, I didn't see a cut fitness sign that said we closed or we cut it closed. D and like I, they don't sell like that. So you would have had to custom order that. Now, another thing that I know is custom ordering signs can be very pricey. And so I just feel like Tamara, I'm not a business expert. I feel like I do and know a thing or two about business, but I would just encourage Tamara maybe to like use the funds elsewhere because the business is closing because people weren't going to it. And so I want it to succeed. I want Tamara to succeed. I love having her back on the show. So I don't want to rock the boat there, but I do believe that maybe the funds could be better allocated. And maybe this is why the business is closing. You know, Betty might not have the business brain to keep it going. And so he's throwing money behind signs that say we cut it closed. Duh with the D in parentheses and the lo- fucking logo. So maybe, I don't want to give business advice, I'm gla- in glass houses, right? What's that saying? Don't throw stones in glass houses. So what the fuck do I know? I'm just saying maybe the funds could have been better allocated than buying that custom-ass cake. Did somebody donate that cake? I hope they donated it, because also cakes are expensive when you get them in a Cut Fitness logo, or whatever the fuck that cake was. They had a they had a kettlebell on top of the cake. I was like, is that an edible kettlebell? I mean, these days you don't even know what's cake and what's not. They got a whole show on Netflix called, Is It Fucking Cake? And it's like, you got to guess. I mean, that's what we've come to these days with television. I mean, and not since um, not since the other show, The Floor is Lava on Netflix, have I been so shocked by a show on Netflix uh, called Is It Cake? Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw on HBO Max or that new app, the new Max, they call it. They incorporated all the Discovery shows and the HBO shows. And now when I open it, I'm like, I don't know what these shows, there's all these shows that I never had heard of. 
And they all feel like 30 Rock jokes. And there's this one show with uh, with Zoe Deschanel. And I am go look it up after we're done here because it's the most shocking thing. And it, I think about it every night when I go to bed because there's a whole show where it's just like Zoe Deschanel like eating stuff or, or travel. I don't, it's not even a travel. It's like a very odd show. I'd, I've only seen the poster for it on Max, but it's like Zoe Deschanel eating stuff. And I'm like, how did we get here? Like, <laughs> how did we get here? Like, I don't need to know everything that Zoe Deschanel is eating. Like, just keep it to yourself. Baby, keep it to yourself. I don't want to know. It's like those celebrities who go on those YouTubes. Uh, there's like certain YouTube videos that come out of like what a celebrity eats in a day. And I don't think any celebrity should ever do those because they never come across right. They never, it doesn't do them any favors. Like every single one of those that I've watched, every single celebrity, what I ate in a video, a day video that comes out, I watch them and I end them liking the celebrity less because they either look so unrelatable by what they're eating that you're like, they're not connected to earth or they're trying so hard to pretend that they eat these things that they don't actually eat and that I'm watching and I'm being like, you don't fucking eat that. Like, I know, (laughs) I know you don't eat that. Like, you're lying to our faces now. You're trying to look relatable. So there's no winning. So I just don't believe that I've ever seen one of those. And I am shocked every single time I see a new celebrity and they're always like a big A-list one. It's always some big ass A-list celebrity being like, here's what I eat in a day. And I think, like, who approved that? Because every single down-to-earth human being is looking at this, like, why the fuck are you telling us what you ate? Because it's making me like you less. And no one, I don't think anyone watches those and comes out of that being like, I need to see their new movie. It's like, what is this, what is this uh, PR plan here that we're putting them on these things where they're looking so unrelatable and so crazy? I mean, it's just shocking. And I love a crazy celebrity. I just, if I was in charge of these celebrities, I'd say, you're not going on that fucking video to tell people what you eat in a day because they don't need to know that you eat a handful of almonds and nothing else the whole day. And they certainly don't want to feel bad when you're pretending to eat McDonald's when we know you don't eat McDonald's. Do you get what I mean? It's just so so concerning. Anyway, speaking of McDonald's, they got the Grimace shake. Did anyone go? It's Grimace's birthday. I love that man. (laughs) They've been really leaning into that big-ass purple butt plug, and I love it. On the social media, McDonald's is like, it's Grimace's birthday, and I just keep seeing Grimace pop up everywhere, and I'm obsessed with them. I'm, like, obsessed with Grimace. It's like the social media presence is so funny, and I just, I like that McDonald's is, like, leaning into their history because I grew up with those characters. I'm waiting for Birdie, that that McDonald's bird, to have her birthday, her time in the sun, because she is a star, too. Let's get her mic'd up. Let's put her on a Housewives franchise because that McDonald's bird, it's her time is next because I've been watching all the social media they're doing with that big, giant, purple butt plug grimace, and now I'm just waiting for Birdie's time in the sun I mean, Hamburglers had a lot of press over the years, and Ronald McDonald, of course, is the face of McDonald's, but I'm waiting for that bird, that bird gal. Let's get her mic'd up, and it's her time next, and so Grimace better step aside, because she's going to have her time in the sun, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. Where do, how do we even get here? I don't even know how we got here. Where do we get, go back here? Let me go back. Um, okay, so cut fitness. As the people are arriving, Taylor arrives with John, her guy, and she's like, look how hot he is. And the editors were shading her. Did anyone notice that? She's like, look how I'm here with John, and I fell in love with him, and he's really hot. And then I feel like the editors cut to a close-up of him. And 
that was the editors being shady. It was they were being shady. They were. Um, Heather arrives and brings Tamara carbs. So she brings what seems to be a half loaf of bread. It did not look like a whole loaf. And I know some stores are selling the half loaves now, but she brought in a half loaf. And so I don't know if she bought it like that. I'm sure she didn't even go into the store. You know how the Dubrow doesn't set foot in a store. She goes in that garage she's got and just picks shit out. And then the chef brings in all the food. Uh, but she did bring a half, a, a half a thing. Now, Heather's so rich, I would be offended if she came to my event and just brought me a half uh, thing of bread. Ordinarily, I'd like when somebody brings bread to my house. But Heather Dubrow is so rich that I would be like, what the fuck is this? Like, bring me something. Like, bring me a nice bottle of champagne or something, right? Because you're rich as fuck. So bring me that. A nice candle. Like, I would love like a nice expensive like Vlespa candle. Is that how you say it? Vlespa candle? Or a nest. I like a nice nest candle. Just something like a nice expensive. Or I, I probably shoot even higher for Heather Dubrow. Like a nice expensive candle. I think that that's what she should bring. If I saw that rich-ass woman come to my house and she just brought me a half-ass loaf of bread, I'd be like, you need to get the fuck out. Uh, anyway, there is a flashback to when Tamara opened up Cut Fitness and when she kicked Alexis Bellino out. And we talked about that last week, but the, I had to go on Xanax for it, Lydia. I had to go on Xanax for it, Lydia. Anyway, I don't think that we've actually ever done a closing business party on one of these shows. So that was new and fresh to me. Right? Have we ever, we've had so many openings, so many launches. Remember, even Gina's launch businesses. So, Casita on the show, remember she had that skincare line with the name that no one remembers? She's launched a business even. So, we've seen almost everyone launch a business. Remember, Kristen Takeman over on Real House in New York launched her Papa Color uh, nail polish? I mean, what the fuck was that about? And so we've seen everyone launch these businesses, but I don't know that we've seen closing of businesses. And so that was fresh and that was new. And I'm always looking for new. We've been to the goat yogas. We've been to the axe throwing. We've been to the cryo fucking therapy enough, enough times that now I'm excited that we're getting, okay, we're closing businesses and maybe we need to start celebrating more bankruptcies or businesses closing because it's a fresh, a fresh event. And so Bravo Producers, if you're listening, maybe we need to start shutting down some of these businesses and get them mic'd up to do it and throw a party there. I mean, because it's interesting. Now, Ryan's, uh, Tamara's son, Ryan, is there. And I guess he's working on a ranch or something. Baby, keep it to yourself. I don't want to know. Now, the point of this is that they are now going to Montana. It seems like next week they're going to be arriving in Montana, and they're using Ryan and a cowboy hat to really jumpstart that trip. And they always are giving us creative ways to jumpstart a cast trip. But this was one of the most shocking, because it was just Ryan, who we hadn't seen in years, and I was fine with that. Uh, but he just stumbles into scene with a cowboy hat and says, I'm a cowboy now, and they're like, okay, let's go to Montana. And I was like, this is quite a leap. <laughs> We've had quite big leaps before on this show. I'll never forget when they went to Ireland, and it was because uh, Megan King Edmonds is like, I want to meet someone who maybe I'm related to. And then in Ireland, she's just walking around up to strangers like, are you my father? Or I don't know what she was saying, but it was like, that was the vibe. It was so loose. And so now I am noticing on The Real House of Orange County, I guess that's just how we get people on trips now. It's just like, oh, Ryan's in a cowboy hat. Let's go to Montana. I was like, what? I had like whiplash. I had what I used to call Roni Whiplash, The Real House in New York. Remember, the storylines would move so quickly, and the setups and everything would move so quickly. The fights would move so quickly. We had Roni Whiplash. And now I'm like, oh, are we getting Orange County Whiplash? 
Uh, anyway, a Shannon arrives and she points out that sign that said, we cut it closed. <laughs> I did think Vicky should have been here. I did think she should have been there. I don't want to get old. Because she's been there through it all. And I know her and Tamara are friends. And Vicky's going to come later in the season. So maybe she didn't want to be on camera for free. She wanted to negotiate a contract first. But I did feel like Vicky should have been at that at that closing party for the We Cut It Closed event. I would have liked that. Because I miss Vicky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's inappropriate. I miss her. Uh, then we see Gina and Heather looking at Jen's TikTok. And that's when she posted that TikTok. She posted it the night before and it said, we're still here. And it was like at, from the yoga studio. And all the gals are trying to get around this hibachi table. Because at the We Cut It Close uh, uh, closing party, we got a hibachi inexplicably. Again, I don't really understand why we got a hibachi there. It seems... I mean, that was a leap, wasn't it? I think it's like become a thing because I just had a friend who was like, oh yeah, we hired a hibachi person to come do a dinner party. And I was like, is this, is this a thing now? Like everyone's hiring hibachi and I love a hibachi. I, nothing better than a hibachi. I love when they flip the meat in my mouth. I mean, ladies, am I right? (laughs) Love when that happens. Uh, But I love any kind of hibachi grilling in front of me. It's like a dining experience. So I'm all on board with this trend if it's trend, but. Also seems expensive. I mean, they must have thrown a lot of money into this closing uh, cut fitness party. I mean, we got the hibachi grill. We got the custom cake. We got the custom sign. This is cut it closed. And so it's a lot of money that was allegedly spent here. And so I don't know. I'm happy about the hibachi, though, if that's new. Anyway, Gina actually wasn't going to confront Jen about the yoga post on the TikTok. Because Heather's like, Gina, don't say anything. And then Gina's like, oh, I won't say anything. And then she does say something. As soon as they sit down for the bachi, she's like, hey, Jen, guess what? I opened up your Tic Tac and you're being shady to Tamara. And I was very proud of uh, Casita for bringing it up, even though Heather said, no, it's very good housewifery. Very good housewifery. And so want to applaud you, Casita. You know, I'm in my hip and Casita era this season. I'm embracing them. And so I'm embracing Hip and Casita, and I embrace that type of housewifery. And I think Gina realized she wasn't on that fake yacht that supposedly was her friend's last week. And so Gina came in this week uh, post-COVID, and she's like, I got to step things up because I wasn't in that last episode. And so she just decided to stir that pot, and I was thankful for it. I'm in my Casita era. Hip and Casita, it's our era. It's our time. Um, Okay, so then... Tamara says, look, I'm so happy you're still in business, but I see what Gina's saying because Tamara's now pissed. And then Jen gets mad at Tamara for questioning her. I just think Jen's sneaky. Just She's sneaky and I knew it. I was right not to trust her. And they sort of make up or decide to move forward, but she was very clearly lying. I mean, much like Heather was lying in that scene with the acting teacher, I it was clear to me that Jen was lying about the TikTok. Like she was being shady and I'm okay with it. I just would like her to be, I I think the thing that I'm not connecting with on Jen is that I'm fine if you want to be pot-sturry. Like the way that Gina was pot-sturry this episode, it was like she was saying in her confessional, like, yeah, I did, I shouldn't have said that, but I did anyway. Like I, I like when they stir the pot and get messy. I just want them to be upfront about it. Like I felt like Jen is trying to play that middle ground where she's like being all sneaky and then. Uh, to our uh, faces, she's saying something else. She's like, I didn't do that. And it's like, you were being sneaky. I can see it. I can. I have eyes. I have eyes. Anyway, they move on. Oh, they also had macaroons with the Cut Fitness logo. Like, who, why the fuck are we ordering macaroons for this dead business? 
I mean, if anything, this is the kind of place that we should have those uh, those gravestone cookies instead of someone's birthday party. I mean, this would have been a time, not they don't have to say over the hill, but you could have had some gravestone cookies or, I don't know, gotten some something more creative. Instead, they just had these macaroons. Macarons? Runes? I don't know how you say it. Uh, but they had these, and I'm thinking, what do we order these custom-made macaroons for with the Cut Fitness logo on? That seems like a waste of funds. What's going on? Who's the uh, who's the banker here? Do they? Ha- I hope they have someone. I- I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do advising them. And maybe Bravo paid for this stuff, or maybe they were donated. But I just don't for a closing party. Maybe for a launch, a, a custom-made macaroon with the logo on when they launched this business seems like that would have made total sense. You know, help advertise the business. But they were doing all this advertising. I'm like, okay, so now I want to go to Cut Fitness because I'm seeing all these advertisements and I can't even go there. So I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. But maybe, actually, maybe they're like pivoting and they're going to use the Cut Fitness branding for something else. Maybe, so maybe Tamara and Eddie are a step ahead of us because that's actually be smart. That'd be smart. Maybe they, uh, I don't know. Maybe they are, they're playing uh, chess while we're playing checkers, I suppose, because they might be launching something else, maybe a fitness app. I bet you, actually, now that we're talking about it and I'm saying it out loud, that makes the most sense. They're going to use Cut Fitness for something else, probably like a wine brand or something. You know, they always like to launch their piss waters. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that they use the Cut Fitness branding for anything other than liquor brands because we've got enough of those. But I believe they will use that branding. I, they will. You heard her here first, folks. Okay, so then Gina is still mad about Jen downplaying the infidelity. And I honestly think we might need to get Casita over there in Vanderpump Rules. I'm sorry to say it, but we need her there because she's getting so upset about the infidelity over here. And I'm like, put her in a surdress because she's so upset about infidelity. I want to see her team up against Tom Zinzival over on the Vanderpump Rules next season. Let's have her serving some goat cheese balls. It wouldn't be that big of a stretch to have Gina get hired at Sir. I'm sorry, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. And maybe that's where she meets Leonardo DiCaprio and they fall in love. Uh, and happily ever after. I don't, am I a clairvoyant? Maybe so. But it wouldn't be that big of a stretch for her to work on over at Sir in the off season. She could maybe go there. You know how Heather Dubrow is getting the place in LA? Maybe Gina goes and stays there while she starts working at Sir. And in the summer, she spends a summer there working and then maybe selling houses or something because she's getting the real suit. I don't know. I'm spitballing. But let's get her in a sir dress. I want to see her in a scene with Summer Moon next season. Season 11, Vanderpump Rules, we need it. Because she's getting too upset about the infidelity. And I'm just, I need her in, I need her in West Hollywood immediately. Uh, put her at Schwartz and Sandy's. It could be called Casita and Schwartz and Casitas. That's what... <laughs> Do you imagine if they just kick out Tom Sandoval and they call it Schwartz and Casitas? I'd love that. I'd love that. But I do not want her to date Schwartz. I do not want that to happen. Gina, you hear me? Do not date Tom Schwartz. I know she's with that other guy, Travis, but I just don't want her to get any ideas. Okay, so then um, Jen very clearly lies again about getting together with this Ryan. And Tamara whispers in her ear, she's like, you need to be, she's like, be honest. And Tamara, I think, was helping her out in this moment of, uh, housewifery. She was trying to say, like, this is not going to come across well. You need to be honest. That's what Tamara was saying. Be on, you're on camera right now, and it's catching that you're lying. And so Tamara's done this too long. She's like, you need to be honest. And she was whispering. I actually thought Tamara was being a good friend there because she whispered in the ear. They still picked it up, and they subtitled it. 
but I thought that was nice of her. So then uh, Emily tries to get info about the situation with Ryan. So Emily's being a little messy too. I'm liking that. Good for her. And then they decide to just move forward. They kind of drop it for now, but I think more to come with Ryan and the infidelity stuff. And then they cut this cake. Again, so much branding for a dead company, but it's going to be popping up somewhere else. I just know it. I feel like Cut Fitness is here to stay. So although the gym is closing, we're going to be getting, I don't know, what could they use with Cut Fitness? They could do a line of like scissors or something. Cut, cut fitness, like you're cutting, or knives. You know, that'd be clever, I guess, selling knives. You know, they got the, you, you know how they, you could buy like a whole set of knives. I wouldn't mind buying some cut knives, C-U-T knives. They'd have to get rid of the fitness part. Unless maybe it was like some sort of new thing where you like work out with the knives, you know, some new fitness craze, like a, instead of the axe throwing, it's like we all get a set of knives and then we do squats or something. I don't know. I know I'm not the business person here. That's for them to figure out. But here I am throwing out all these free ideas. Anyway, uh, they do fight with the cake. They have a cake fight. And Tamara's like putting it on Eddie and stuff. And Hip was getting so mad. She's like, you're wasting it. Don't waste the cake. You know, she was getting so upset. She's like pissed. She's like, what are you wasting the cake for? And then eventually Tamara throws the cake in Hip's face. And Hip just starts eating it. And she's having a good time. And I would be pissed too. Like that expensive ass cake. Although those expensive cakes, I'm sorry, this is going to be controversial for me to say, but I feel as though I need to say it. And that is those expensive cakes never taste as good as a boxed yellow cake. You know what I'm talking about? Those boxed Duncan Hines yellow cakes with the chocolate frosting. Those are the cakes of uh, our time. These other cakes that you go and get at these expensive ass bakeries, the gluten-free shit, and those ones that cost $200 for you to get some big-ass branding on, those never taste good. And same with the cookies, too. The cookies with the branding on never taste good. Give me just like a homemade chocolate chip. And now I'm seeing everybody wants these fancy-ass cakes. And I'm thinking in my head, like, you should be just serving a Dunkin' Signs. If anyone out there is having a party and you're thinking about serving a cake, do something radical and just make yourself a box cake, a yellow one with the chocolate frosting, put some sprinkles on it, and you're good to go. Everybody will love it. And if you want to do something spice it up, you add some mayonnaise in there. I know that sounds gross, but when you're mixing the mix, you throw some mayonnaise, it gives you a real moist cake. It sounds crazy, but if you think about it, mayonnaise is just egg and oil. And so it's not that crazy, but it's a trick. It's a trick. You put some mayonnaise into your cake. Look it up. It sounds so gross. And I've said this on the show before, and people have yelled at me, but it makes your cake super moist. But even if you don't add the mayo to it, you still can have a good box yellow cake instead of doing one of these fancy ones. It's just not worth it. And you're going to be wasting all that money and nobody likes it because they never taste good. Almost never. Almost never taste good. Uh, anyway, that's it ends with this big food fight. That's the end of the episode. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Next week on the show, the gals have more questions about Ryan, uh, Jen's husband or boyfriend, or I don't know if they're marrying. I, don't know, I zone out a lot of times when Jen's on screen. I'm sorry. I will get over that. I, I'm sorry, because there's a lot to like about Jen. I just, again, feel something's afoot, and so I tend to, uh, my eyes glaze over a little bit when she's on screen, but I am going to buckle in. I'm going to buckle up, because next time I watch, I'm going to buckle up, and I'm just going to try to pay attention, because it's not okay, especially, here I am, this is my job to recap these shows, and I'm not even paying attention when Jen's on screen, I'm sorry. So next week I will, I promise, I promise. Uh, but next week, they go to Montana, Shannon... Um, I just have my notes. Shannon's got a bony vag. Rita Moreno. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's coming up next week on the show. And then Taylor Armstrong versus Heather Dubrow. Very excited about that. Enough. So excited. Um, that's the Real Houses of Orange County. Again, stay tuned to the Everything Iconic podcast feed. Be sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. So even if you don't listen to every episode of Everything Iconic, it's super helpful if you hit subscribe or follow. So uh, you get all the episodes. And also, it's super helpful for the show. So thank you to everyone who listens. And uh, we'll be back next week again with And Just Like That recaps. We're diving in. And then we're still going to be covering Orange County, and I got some great interviews coming as well. Before I let you go, what else is going on? Anything else new? We've got The Real Houses of Atlanta. It's kind of hard to watch them arguing about the shooting stuff. And I keep wanting to dive into Atlanta in terms of the recaps, but there's just not a lot of fun to be had. And I know a lot of times on these shows, things get dark, but I have trouble with like the gun stuff. I, it makes me, to be honest, quite uncomfortable. And so... I'm I still enjoying Atlanta. And again, Atlanta, when it's bad, it's still better than a lot on TV. And so I'm not trying to hate on Atlanta. It's just that storyline with Candy and Marlo going back and forth with that stuff. And I know there's other fun stuff happening over there, too. And the women are funny, and I've loved watching them for so many years. But it seems like that's been the main storyline for so long. And it just makes me, every time they say, well, this person was shot in the restaurant, that person's shot there. And it just makes me super uncomfortable. I know that's the way life is, too. I mean, they're showing reality, I guess. But seeing, it feels to me, at least, like Marlo is making that a storyline, despite the fact that I don't believe Marlo is really having actual problems with Candy and how Candy has maybe dealt with the situation. Does that make sense? Like, because Marlo and Candy had spent time together after the situation, it seemed to me, as watching with a critical lens, that maybe Marlo is making a bigger thing out of it. And it just feels kind of super uncomfortable that it's 
making a big thing out of something as serious as a shooting for the reality show. I, I don't know. And maybe I'm reading that totally wrong, but I don't know. Anyway, um, next week on the show, we'll be covering in just like that. I cannot wait. I love you all so much for listening. Shall we do our cheese little cool down? I think we need to. Now, uh, I recently posted on social media about this thing called Pure Moods. Do you remember Pure Moods? It was in the, if you're a 90s kid, you remember it was an infomercial that played every night before we went to bed. It was like on every channel, they just had a Pure Moods commercial. And it's the wildest thing. And I'm going to play it for you as we go. Instead of doing our breathing exercise, I'm just going to play the Pure Moods commercial because it's so funny to me. It's also so weirdly soothing for 90s kids, I think, because it was the last thing we saw before we went to sleep at night. And so it's calming, relaxing, and hilarious because this mix was the craziest fucking thing ever. They had the X-Files theme song on it. They had... (laughs) They had the Exorcist score, like the movie The Exorcist. It's just like the score from The Exorcist is one of the tracks on this mixtape. And it's a lot of relaxing Enya. And it's like, whoever put this together, and we talked about cocaine earlier. I don't know what kind of cocaine they were on when they put together the Pure Moods uh, CD and cassette, but certainly it was something strong because these uh, people just put anything on that fucking album. And it's crazy. It's crazy. And you can get the whole album on Spotify. People have made like pure moods playlists and it's so funny to me. But anyway, just pay attention to this commercial and let it wash all over you and try to remember a simpler time of the 90s when you'd watch this before bed and get the soothing sounds of the X-Files theme. <laughs> oh, I love you all so much for listening. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Get my books. How do I unremember this? The new paperback is out now. Tickets to the live shows for October at everythingiconic.com. And my new book, The Jolly's Brunch, is available for pre-order. It'll be out in October. Love you all. Imagine a world where time drifts slowly. A world where music carries you away. Experience pure moods. The perfect soundtrack for your way of life. Direct from Europe, this multi-platinum collection has won the hearts of millions. Set adrift with the timeless pleasures of tubular bells. Or take a trip into the unknown with the X-Files theme. No other collection gives you the feeling of pure moods. Order Pure Moods, call the number on your screen, or send check or money order for the amount shown, plus shipping and handling. Rush delivery available. Call now.